Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Scoop presented by Dairy Sports. Fantasy Football Sundays for your football Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chase Grabowski, and I'm joined here by a wonderful friend of mine, James Treefry. James, how are you doing today, man? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Another another exciting week ahead of us. That's right. Another day, another dollar that you could potentially win in your championship round uh, for your fantasy teams. So this week, since the trade deadline is uh, fastly approaching, um, we're going to do a little trade deadline special. So this is, is going to include, um, we're just going to choose five players each, and uh, we're going to just say buy, sell, and what to do with them, and just kind of go off the top of our heads. So, James, who do you have to start? Who are you saying to either buy or sell, and why? Well, the first guy that comes to mind is Amari Cooper, and I'm going to go with the buy side. And the reason I say that is because with the Cowboys quarterback controversy, Dak Prescott obviously going to miss the rest of the season, and now Andy Dalton going down with a concussion. Who knows how long he's going to be out. And it looks like they're going to be starting a third-string quarterback this week. And a lot of people are probably going to be looking to move Amari Cooper, might think that his value might diminish. And I'm here to tell you that that's not going to be the case. I look at this and I say that when you have a quarterback coming in that's a little less experienced, that hasn't had on-the-field playing time, there's going to be a lot more forcing to Amari Cooper because when Dak Prescott and even Andy Dalton are in, the Cowboys are going to look to spread the football around. I don't see that as the case right now. Amari Cooper is clearly their best option, and they're going to be running the football a lot with Zeke. But Cooper's value is not going to diminish. He's going to get a lot of receptions. He's going to be running a lot of favorable routes. The Cowboys are going to have to rely on him big time. So I'm going to have him as a buy. And I also think that you could buy him for low. You could probably get him for cheaper than what you would have to start the season. So that's another thing you have to look at. I believe he's a top five caliber receiver in terms of talent. His production on the field hasn't always reflected that, but I say bye with this one. You know, it's actually funny that you say that because Cooper's on my team currently in a lot of my leagues. I'd say I think in three out of five of my leagues, two dynasties and one redraft, I have Amari Cooper. And I'm kind of in between. I'm like, do I buy him? Do I do I, do I sell him? Or do I just hold on to him? Um, I am going to agree with you. Because even though Andy Dalton and the Cowboys kind of, I mean, uh, they crapped the bed uh, this past Sunday, Amari Cooper still put up 15 and a half points. That's and, what uh, I'm his, saying. You know? his, his counterparts, Michael Gallup and um, CeeDee Lamb, they had zero catches. CeeDee Lamb had 0.1 points and Michael Gallup had zero. So James is right. I mean, he's the number one receiver. And at the end of the day, he's got enough talent with even a Ben DiNucci to still put up solid points. So I'm going to go with that, too. I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm going to say bye. And for me, in my case, if you have a Cooper, hold on to him. Yeah, most definitely. You know, buy low if you can. That's that's the one major fantasy strategy. Get guys that you think other players are going to value less because of another player getting hurt. Exactly. Ex- exactly. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. I was are gonna you interested start, to hear start your my... List Who's yeah, going to start your say. list off? Who's going to start All your right. list off? It's going to be a running back. All right. Let's He's going to be the NFC North. Do you have a guess who it is? <sighs> just, just, just say it, man. David Montgomery. 
It's David Mo. Ooh, that's a, I thought you were going to go Viking or Packer because of our dynamic, but all right, let's hear it. What is it? I know, I know, right? Isn't that, well, I mean, we both, I mean, I assume both of us dislike the Bears, so this is going to be kind of fun for me. Yeah, but at the same, so Dave Montgomery is an interesting guy. I haven't been really a big fan of him as far as production-wise. When I watch him run, it just seems like he gets a couple chunk plays, but other than that, his, his, his yards per carry just don't seem to be there. And when I look at his stats, his yards per attempt right now are 3.7. Now, I compare that to someone um, someone else on the list, say like James Robinson, for example, who's a rookie who is not exactly a showstopper in the yards per attempt department, but he's got 4.5. So Dave Montgomery is really not moving the ball on the ground that much. And he's also only got one touchdown in the year. But here's where it gets interesting. He's got the sixth most targets among running backs with 33 targets on the year. I mean, to me, that's a stat that I didn't realize he was that effective out of the backfield. Now, if you're in a PPR league, which most of us are are now, that's pretty standard. I am actually going to say to buy David Montgomery now because he's going to be such a buy low option. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, to piggyback off of what you said about the receptions, he's also had double digit carries in every single game this season. And with Tariq Cohen out, they're relying heavily on him. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good point, exactly. Now, the Bears' offense is obviously very lackluster, but just like in a, in a case of someone who's just getting a lot of work, regardless if it's productive, in fantasy, that's huge. You need people who are going to be getting the ball, whether it's through targets or through just sheer amount of touches, and that's what David Montgomery does. The only thing I'd like to see from him is more touchdowns and obviously more yards on the ground. But if he's catching, say, five balls a game for you know 30 yards, it's an extra eight points on your team, and that's huge. And I will say, too, if you look at his matchups, if you go to fantasypros.com, which is a, a site that I like to use for a lot of my like references and my research, um, after this week that's upcoming with a one-star matchup, now one-star being a very tough matchup and a five-star matchup being a really easy matchup, this week he has a one-star matchup. But after this week, the rest of the way, he has a three-star or more matchup rating every single game. Yeah, it's, and that, that's another thing that you have to be looking at a lot. Um, that's actually gonna that's actually gonna be a big reason why I chose this next guy for a buy. But um, back to David Ooh. Montgomery for a second. Back to David Montgomery for a second. Okay, you okay. just you said it. The touchdowns, the touchdowns aren't there, but that doesn't mean they won't be there because to me, touchdowns are such a subjective stat. You know, all of a sudden, a quarterback completes an eighty-yard pass to the one-yard line, and then the running back punches it in. The running back gets six points, and he gets more points than the quarterback gets for that play in <laughs> fantasy football point. for the one yard. So you know, David Montgomery say he gets those eight points, like you said, five catches, you know, thirty-five yards, and then let's say he adds another eight points with eighty yards in the ground. Doesn't matter how many he averaged per carry; just the matters of the production there. So that's sixteen points, and let's say he gets in the end zone. There's twenty-two points right there for some stats that really aren't all that impressive. So if he's getting the workload on that Bears offense. You got to go with him. He's a great guy to have on your flex. That's that's exactly – that was the one last point I was going to make too, and that's perfect. You hit it right in the head, flex. I mean, you're probably going to be having other two other running backs ahead of him. But if you need a flex guy who's been getting the work, David Montgomery's your guy. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't have him, he's not going to cost very much. I mean, I do, I do have him in one of my leagues, and I will say he has been a bi-week savior for my teams. He's been a bi-week savior been a guy that I can just plug right in when one of my big guys is on a buy and he's been reliable. He hasn't wowed me, but he's been reliable. And 
that's something to definitely look at is reliability. Okay, gonna, so we have two we have two buys to start the my week. Next one. My yeah. next one is uh, going to do another buy. And oh, that is going okay. to be our very own Jonathan Taylor. Oh, I almost put him on my list. Buy okay, this is cool. This man, buy yes. him. His matchups are 100% favorable. He doesn't have competition in the backfield. The Colts are trying to get to the playoffs. They have a division that's got two teams that are looking like they're out of it right now, the Texans and the Jaguars. And those are teams that they're going to be able to run the football a lot on. Uh, when they play the Titans, they're going to want to keep Derrick Henry off the field as much as possible to stop him from going. So Jonathan Taylor is going to have a huge role in these upcoming games. And he's already been so sensational as a rookie in his first eight games. And to me, this is not not only just Jonathan Taylor, but this is the time to really start to look at these rookies because they're going to be guys that are going to produce down the stretch of seasons because whether teams want to get them more mature, get them more reps, um, whether they're tanking or seeing if they're part of their future, they're going to have a much bigger role down the stretch. And Jonathan Taylor, already a big part of that offense, going to be even bigger. Look for him to have potential top 10 running back production, especially with all the injuries to that position. Now, now you hit it right in the head. Okay, so yeah, I would agree with you 100% on the Jonathan Taylor point. Um, I'm looking at his his matchups, um, again, at Fantasy Pros. And um, past week eight, so week eight he's playing Detroit. We're in week eight, right? Yeah, we're week eight. Am I just drawing a blank? Yeah, so he's playing Detroit, which is a four-star matchup. Then he's got Baltimore, which Baltimore's stout. They got a two-star matchup. After that, from week 10 until week 15, he has a five-star matchup every single week. And now a good point about Taylor, too, which we brought up about Montgomery, is he gets the ball out in the receiving game. I mean, he's got still 17 targets on the year, and he's caught 16 of them. So when he's getting the ball thrown to him, he's catching the ball, and that's a point every single time. He does have more touchdowns than someone like a David Montgomery, too. And I will say, I think what the Colts have been doing with Taylor is kind of like easing him into that workhorse role because he hasn't yet had um, more than one game over 20 carries which it looks like, yeah, one game he had 26. Other than that, he's at 13, 17, 12, 12. I think we're going to start seeing midseason him really start to ramp it up because he's obviously dynamic. I 100% agree. You should be buying Jonathan Taylor. He might be a little bit more expensive than David Montgomery, but buy Jonathan Taylor. For sure, for sure. That's it's 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 a must. It's a must, and for rookies all like rookies all over the NFL, look for him. Taylor's at the top of that list. You know who's at the top of my buy list as well, James? Let's hear it. He actually shares a name with you. Hmm. His name is James Robinson. Yes, yes, yes. So I have the privilege in two of my leagues to pick up this wonderful human being named James <laughs> Robinson. And you think, oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they sold off a bunch of people at the beginning of the year. Wow, they must suck, right? Well, they are one and six, but you know who doesn't suck? It's James Robinson, and I'll tell you why. Every week from week two uh, until today, he's had four-plus targets every single game. He's got, I think, the seventh most targets in the entire league as far as running backs go. So he's getting the, he's getting the ball receiving. He has six touchdowns all year, which is almost one per game. 
He has 4.5 yards per attempt, and he's getting the ball about 20 times a game as well. He's had a couple lower touch games, but he's he's killing it, and he's shown no matter what matchup. So last week, I sat him in my redraft, and I'm pissed about it because he's playing the Chargers, and the Chargers have a pretty good front front seven, you know. And so I sit him down, and he scores 31 points, two touchdowns, and he goes off for 110 yards. He's proven no matter what the matchup that his work that he gets from the Jacksonville Jaguars, how many times he touches the ball, that he is a buy, he's a hold if you have him. And people might not realize how good he is in some leagues. Some of these redrafts, someone might have him just out of sheer luck. You'd be like, hey, can I give him you like AB or like CD Lamb or something for uh, James Robinson? Be like, yeah, sure, because they see a big name. James Robinson's going to be your running back two most likely, potentially running back one if you have a lot of injuries. I'm buying Robinson, and I'm holding on to him if I have him in any of my leagues. Yeah, and I, I really have to agree with you, and it, it, it almost feels funny saying that because the Jacksonville Jaguars are kind of a team that I never like to touch in fantasy football, period. Mm-hmm. But he has been so productive this year, and he has not slowed down whatsoever. And when you have a team like the Jaguars going to be playing a lot of meaningless games, you might look for him to be a big part of that offense. And if they're really tanking for Trevor Lawrence, that means Gardner Minshew is on his way out. So they might slowly but surely fade him out of the offense, which is going to pay dividends for James Robinson. He's he's he has been sensational for fantasy football. Absolutely sensational. Look at the numbers that he's putting up. He has running back two, running back one potential value. Um, whether that's going to carry over to the next couple of years or so is a mystery. But as far as this year goes, he's he is a top notch back for your team. And most people who have him picked him up off the waiver wire, which if you did, <laughs> go you. You're doing great. You're doing really, really great. So if you have Robinson. Keep him. If you don't have him, try and buy him for cheap if you could. I mean, if you have to go up some decent pieces for it because you have extra wide receivers and you need a running back too, I would go get him. I have him on my teams. And from personal experience, fantastic running back in fantasy. James, who's your next guy? Will you buy and sell him? What are you doing? Uh, well, this guy is one that we, one that we touched on, um, the subject of keeping somebody. And the guy's name is Henry Ruggs. Ooh, interesting. Now, the, the the big cliche about Henry Ruggs is, oh, what's his value if he doesn't get the targets or he doesn't get the big play? Because he is a bit of a boomer bust player. But when I look at the way that this Raiders team is constructed, you have Derek Carr, you have Josh Jacobs, you have Darren Waller, you have a very complete offense, but you don't really have that number one receiver that's just tearing it up week in and week out. And I look at Ruggs' numbers. He's only scored double-digit points in one week, and that was against Kansas City where he put up 19 points. But the rest of his stats have been pretty pedestrian. He was injured in the early going of the season, so that does drag a lot of his numbers down. But the Raiders push, and Josh Jacobs really isn't trending in the right direction because if you look at Josh Jacobs' numbers, his numbers have not lived up to his hot start that he had early in the season. And he is getting banged up here in the last couple weeks. He is drawing a questionable tag for a hip injury. So that might be something to check out. But piggybacking off what I said about Jonathan Taylor, these rookies are going to be special. You look at what Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb have already done. Henry Ruggs' time is coming. 
don't package him and move him because you feel like he's just dead weight on your roster. He's a guy, he's an explosion waiting to happen. Keep him on your bench. He's too valuable to just let walk away in some package deal. See, that's interesting to me because I, I kind of, I feel like I, I would maybe sell him depending on the price, but I like the, the, the point you make where you say you have to keep him on the bench because I mean, if you deal with an injury late in the year, for example, or if you have a late bye week and you just need someone to be in there who is like, okay, hail Mary, because what, what does Henry Ruggs do? He's a deep threat. Who's going to score a touchdown if he gets the ball, but if he doesn't get the ball, he might not do anything. So I kind of I kind of like the idea of stashing him on my bench and then waiting for him to really go off because he does have the potential. I mean, he was picked over C.D. Lamb. He was picked over Jerry Judy in the draft. This guy is a beast. He's just got to start seeing the ball more and start getting acclimated uh, with Derek Carr. Um, the only the only thing is that touchdown. But I mean, he's yards per reception right now is twenty six point five. So if he catches the ball, he's technically getting you three and a half points every single time. So. I, I agree with you on that one. I'd maybe sell him, but also if you're going to keep him on your bench, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I think Henry Ruggs is an interesting guy, but I'd, I'd, say, I'd, I'd say hold on to him for sure. Yeah, I'd say hold on yeah. to him. You also have to look at the competition factor too because you know who, what other receiver on that team is taking away target? I mean, outside of Darren Waller, you got Hunter Renfro. You know, who, who's taking the targets away from him? And if Josh Jacobs continues to struggle the way that he has been, you know, you might it's gonna be, it's gonna be an air raid offense. It, it, it just might. And, and they brought him there for a reason to take the top off the defense. So if they are forced to shift away from Josh Jacobs a little bit, he's going to be the first guy up. I trust and believe that. Yeah. Are you really going to be banking on Nelson Aguilar all season? I mean, maybe he's doing good right now, but I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't do that. Not what we've seen in the past. How many years? Who's your um, number three? Number three for Chase. Let's see who it is. This is going to be our first legitimate sell uh, for the day. And it's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And it's going to be one of the wide receivers, arguably the wide receiver one, but I'm going to, I would get rid of him if I were you, and that's Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we all know, I mean, he, we've, we've, AB's going to Tampa Bay to work with Tom. And AB is no slouch uh, when he does play. Um, but he's not the main reason that I'm getting rid of Mike Evans. I mean, so I saw on Twitter today, Bruce Arians said there better not be any target shaming at all. Like if, if you're not getting the ball and we win, I don't want to hear a single thing from you. I don't I'm not saying Mike Evans is doing that, but he's he's kind of being referred to because in the past two games, Mike Evans has gotten less than three targets. Both games, he had one point against the Packers. He had 3.7 points last week against, um, who did the Bucks play last week? The Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders. He had 3.7 mm-hmm. points. I mean, before that, he was doing pretty decent. But the first week of the year, he also had 6.2 points. I mean, he's had, uh, yeah, two targets, two targets. And he had 9-8, but then four. And then he had 10 in week two, which is huge. But then four again in week one. He's not consistent enough for me this year. And with Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette's also now catching a bunch of balls out of the backfield. You add Gronk, who's starting to get going. You got AB coming into the fold. I mean, unless Chris Godwin is out for the rest of the year, you, you got to sell Mike Evans right now because you can get decent value from him. But right now, if you wait any longer, you're not going to get anything from him. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. And, and and looking at those numbers, it's it, it's very eminent to me that this offense is the Brady offense, the spread the football around, get the running backs involved, get the tight ends involved. And I throw A.B. into that mix and A.B. and Brady already have a, a bond that they had made in the short time that Brown was in New England last season. So I look at that and I say that this offense ultimately goes as Tom Brady goes. And Tom Brady has never really been the most friendly quarterback when it comes to fantasy. I mean, even with Gronk, Gronk's been, I mean, a lot of that is for injury reasons, but there's been times even in Gronk's prime where he was hit and miss that I can remember. Uh, when you when you think about the Patriots, in the last 10 years that Brady's been on there, putting up you know all MVP caliber numbers, but their best wide receiver is Julian Edelman, and I don't even think he's ever been considered as a top 10 receiver for fantasy. So I think that's a bit a lot of a lot of Brady rubbing off on the team. He's also been banged up and he was banged up early in the season. I don't think Mike Evans ever really got going this year, didn't really get didn't really get his footing under him in this new scheme that he has. He's not getting as many deep passes, so it's been an adjustment for him. So, yes, I would definitely sell him. This is not his year. Uh, this is definitely the, the the Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no longer the Jameis Winston deep bombs to Mike Evans. This is no longer that offense. It's not the same thing. So, yes, definitely sell Mike Evans. Who's your next guy, James? Who else you got on your list? I'm going to go home and I'm going to rub soap in my mouth after this comes out of my mouth. (laughs) But this is a sell. Dalvin Cook should be traded. Trade Dalvin Cook right now. Okay, tell me why. I just bought him. I just bought him one of my leagues, so tell me why. The Vikings are one game or, or one loss away from throwing in the towel and making up some injury that's going to get him out for the rest of the season. If the Vikings are 1-6, 1-7, 1-8, way they're going to risk the health of Dalvin Cook. Not a chance. The Vikings are a team, if they keep losing, it's going to be get a quarterback, rest Dalvin, reload for the upcoming seasons. You just traded away. Ngakwe, who you acquired in the offseason. So that's how quickly the Vikings are entering rebuild mode. So if you have Dalvin Cook in your roster, he's coming back right now, coming off of an injury. If you can sell him and get that first round value for Dalvin Cook right now, that's I don't think that's a bet. If you can if you can get two starters out of a trade for Dalvin Cook, you might have won that trade big time. Okay, so I just bought Dalvin Cook in one of my leagues. Because I had uh, Mostert go on the IR, so oh, I needed yeah. a running back. Mm-hmm. Well, so hey, I, I traded. It's nothing to do with this town. I mean, it it hurts me to say it because I like him so. Mm-hmm. You know, I like him so much. I think he's. I think he's def. I mean, I, I believe. I I'm of the belief he's the best running back in football. But well, that's a conversation for another day. Oh, wow. I just don't believe. I don't believe that this is the Viking. The Vikings are in the tank at this point if they keep losing, and they have a tough matchup against the Packers this week. It, uh, it just the, the cards don't seem to be stacking in the favor of Dalvin Cook because the Vikings will not risk him. I think Cook is about to cook this week. He think he's going to do great. Um, but I hope. tell me if tell me if so then in your opinion, because I just bought him. So I would put him as a buy. But that's because I just bought him. So I'm a little biased. 
I have I I sold Robert Tanyan, I sold Tua Tagovailoa, and then I also gave him um, who was the third Miles Gaskin for Cook. These guys well, are on my bench, mind you. But like, what would you yeah, say that trade I mean, is uh, like? Yeah. Well, you you see that that's such a low risk trade for you that I see I would do that. I would have taken that trade if I were you because you're not starting any of those players. What are you losing? You have everything to gain and very little to lose out of a trade like that. But yeah. If, if you're if you're in a position where you could potentially get, say, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe you could get a Kenny Galladay and a, a, a Melvin Gordon or a Terry McLaurin, or if you can get two of those caliber players for a Dalvin Cook, that might be a, a good deal for you. It was interesting. So that's just that's just a crazy take, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Sell Delvin Cook. You heard it I, here first. I, I'm just, I'm very, I'm, 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 yeah, I, I can't believe that those words came out of my mouth. I, and I think that a lot of people in our dairy sports world are going to be very surprised that it came out of my mouth. But it's just, to me, it's just the body language of the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins is, is going nowhere fast if he doesn't start winning pretty quick. So the Vikings are on, a, are on the verge of falling off a cliff this year. Oh, he's, oh, Kirk is done for. But you know who's not done for? And you know who you should, Two guys, I'll do a two, two for one here. Two more buys for me. One is a receiver that you just brought up, and one is a quarterback. Buy Terry Ooh. McLaurin. Yes, right sir. Now. Yes, buy, sir. Buy Terry McLaurin. Get him on your teams now. He's fantastic. But you should also buy Justin Herbert. But I will talk about Terry to start. Scary Terry, my man, Scary Terry. So this man, so the Washington football team obviously is not very – let's say, uh, wow, what's the word? Shocking, exciting, good at offense. Um, maybe you could say that. But you know who is good at offense, and that's Terry McLaurin. And this man, even though he's had subpar quarterback play his entire career so far, every week this season, he's had seven-plus targets every single week. Seven balls are thrown his way every single week. Now, his touchdowns, he's only had two so far this year, but he's also a big play threat. So if he does score a touchdown, he's getting you a lot of points. But if he doesn't score you a touchdown, he's getting you an easy 12 to 15 points every single week just because of the sheer amount of balls that he catches, whether it's from Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, whether it's from Kyle Allen, whether it's from Alex, Alex Smith's right leg, I would go for Terry McLaurin. I'd buy that man. I'd get him on your team. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, he has been a baller. He has got more 20-point games than under 10-point games on the Washington football team as a team that's not exciting on offense. Ron Rivera is rubbing off on that offense because they're still in the fight for the NFC East. Oh, wait. Yeah, they're still two and five. But <laughs> it's it, it, it's he has been so productive. He's the clear number one. Those are guys that don't grow on trees. If you have Terry McLaurin, do not trade him. If somebody's willing to trade Terry McLaurin, go get him. Period. There's no one else really to throw the ball to besides maybe Antonio Gibson out of the backfield or J.D. McKissick. Yeah. But Terry McLaurin's your number one receiver. I'd get him on your team's ASAP. He was good last year, too. That's the thing. He, he's, showing, he's showing growth. And especially with a lackluster quarterback situation, the fact that he's still productive under that shows you how good he is and he's going to be a monster in future seasons of fantasy football. You know who else is going to be a monster in future seasons? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. How would you know? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, your last, your last buy. <laughs> this guy's a beast. 
and in a lot of dynasty leagues, I actually took him over Tua, and because of the pure weapons that he has to work with. So that's a point that I have heard Herbert is at. One, he's got Mike Williams, he's got Keenan Allen, he's got Hunter Henry, he has Eckler when he's healthy to jump, to get out of the backfield. But then he's got Justin Jackson. This guy can throw the ball to anybody he wants to, but at the same time, he's throwing the ball better than anybody else right now. He's got the past three weeks, he's had an over 110 quarterback rating, which is really, really good. But as far as overall stats, I mean, he's gotten over 250 yards passing past every every week this year, over 250 yards passing. He's got at least a touchdown in each one. He ran for 66 yards in a touchdown last week. Um, this man's not even owned in over 85% of leagues. If you need a quarterback, which, I mean, a lot of us do. Like one of my leagues, I had, I have, I had Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow, but I forgot to get a third quarterback. And he was sitting on the waiver wire. I'm like, thank you for like quarterback seven rankings. I had the same uh, thing. I had Lamar. He was on a bye. I picked up Justin Herbert right then and there, and he got me 37 points. <laughs> this dude is insane, and people don't even realize it. I, if you're thinking about getting Tua or someone like that, stop what you're doing and focus on Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert's got the weapons and he's got the poise in the pocket already to be a potential pro bowler this year, I would say. I don't know if See that's that a stretch. But what do you think? That man's arm is special. I will say that it's huge. He he has put up. He has been putting up numbers ever since he hit the field, and he's been playing in tight games. It's the it's gonna it's it's a fun it's a he's a he's going. I'm gonna say that he's a fun guy to have on your roster. Oh yeah, he's you know if if, if you're watching him play because I watched the game last week that he was playing, and when when I just picked him up, and <laughs> that was so much fun. It, he he just lit it up, and you can just tell this guy is different. He has a different skill set. He's he's going to be the type of person who can put up big numbers, and with your quarterback putting up numbers like that, that's a huge advantage whether or not he's mobile, whether or not he has a cannon. But if he keeps putting up numbers like this, he should definitely not be on anybody's bench. He should be starting for teams in every possible league you could find. And that's huge considering I don't think he was drafted in most leagues. So that's a great, great, great buy. If he's still on the waiver wire somehow, Spam that add button until he's on your roster because he is going to be big time going forward. The charge, a lot of good things, a lot, a lot of good things happening in LA with the Chargers and Rams, Lakers, Dodgers. A lot of good things happening in LA right now. Chargers could easily be, I mean, four and two instead of two and four right now. I would say never. It's not Herbert's fault that they're losing. My fifth and my final player for this week. And it is 100% a sell. And his name is Chase Claypool. Wow. If you saw the week he had last week, um, it's not promising. And I will say that a lot of people are going to get hung up on that 40-point game. But didn't he have what, – what did he have, four touchdowns that game? And that, that makes up 28 of the – well, actually, if you count the touchdown catches that he had, that's – 32 points out of the 42 he had that were just touchdowns so to me his big weeks have been inflated because of that and juju's been uh he's been unhealthy 
and he's just getting back now. And James Conner's starting to get his legs back under him. He's James Conner's finally starting to come around. It's been a couple of years since we've seen that from him. But Deontay Johnson too has been out. Yeah, Deontay Johnson's there. You got James Washington. There's just too much sugar to share. And the fact that he has a couple of these games, like like let's let's look at Chase Claypool's week to week. Week one, six points. Week two, 17 points. Week three, three points. Week four was a bye. Week five, 42. Week six, 18. And then last week, he got zero. He so got negative point two. He got yeah, negative all, points. All over the board. You can't rely on that. And whoever is the sucker in your league that's going to drool over that 40-point game, those 40 <sighs> points, 32 of them are from touchdown catches, which is... He's not going to get that every week. So sell those points. Go pick on the guy that doesn't look deep into the stats and get Chase Claypool off your team. Go get go get somebody to stack your bench with, like a Christian Kirk or somebody who's trending in the right direction. Yes. Not some not not some guy who's going to put up forty one week and then the week you decide to start and put up zero. Don't fall into that trap. You could honestly, I think at this point in some leagues, go like Chase Claypool and maybe another wide receiver that's kind of like uh, bench-worthy for like a Nick Chubb who's going to be back in like three weeks or something exactly. like that. You could throw in two. Exactly. You could trick Don't. some people. You know who you could trick to? Our own Dairy Sports co-founder, Sam Deering, loves Chase, Cape, Chase Claypool more than any other receiver, I feel like. And <laughs> I've been trying to tell him the cool Jets, but... He's obsessed, and of course, he was like, "Oh, he scored forty-two points in week I mean, five. Don't, don't get me wrong; I like his skill set. He he look he's yes. looked very, yes. very good and very impressive. But it's the Steelers, man. You, you got Mike Tomlin there. You got Ben Roethlisberger. You got Juju James Conner. Those are ultimately the guys that are gonna that this team is gonna run through. And Deontay Johnson was clearly their number two, if not their number one, in the first couple weeks because both Juju and Deontay Johnson have battled injuries. So I believe I believe both Juju and Deontay were out the week that Claypool got 42 points. I believe both of them were out that game. So uh, right, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so because I, it was I know for a fact Deontay was out. I think he was. Juju was yes. So right right then and there is your bread and butter as to why he's not look what happens when they have a fully healthy offense. 0 points. You know, what 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 more do I have to say there? Not really much. I agree with you 100%. I, I never, I mean, this year I would sell Chase Claypool. If you have Chase Claypool in the future, he might be a huge pickup, but no. In, in a redraft, get rid of Chase. I mean, as much as I like to stick with, you know, my fellow Chases, um, throw, throw Chase and his clay into the pool. That was really that was really bad, but I would say get rid of Chase Claypool for sure. I mean, like you said, I mean, his points this year, 4.7, 14.8, 2.4, 42, 14, negative 0.2. How can you deal with that inconsistency? No, I, we, I we've, we, we've agreed on that in the past that you can't you can't go for that stuff. You can't rely on just straight touchdowns because that volume, if it's not there every single week, I couldn't I couldn't do it. That's why Terry McLaurin's way safer. He hasn't scored 42 points in a week, but he gets seven targets every week. That's why he scored two like touchdowns, that. two touchdowns in the to... season, and he's still consistently putting up double digit points. Imagine, imagine the points he, he, imagine the points that McLaurin is going to put up when he does get in the end zone. That's, I mean, he's, you know, that's what you should be yeah. looking. That's what people should be looking at is, you know, what, 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 what could they potentially get if they were to get in the end zone. And Terry McLaurin is a much better play right now than Chase Claypool. You heard it here first. 
Nowhere else you can hear this stuff. This is mind-blowing information right here. <laughs> I might be dramatic, but okay. So to recap, David Montgomery by James Robinson by Mike Evans sell Terry McLaurin by high Justin Herbert by uh, Cooper Mari Cooper by uh, Jonathan Taylor by Henry Ruggs hold but potentially Dalvin you can Cook. go either way Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Cook is a sell sell Dalvin Cook oh, I, I, oh I, I can't believe I said that man oh man it hurts me and you know Good thing, my Lager, good thing my Lakers won the championship. Otherwise, I'd be a very unhappy man in purple right now. Yeah, I was going to say, that's 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 good for you. I mean, if, if you're not a Dodgers fan, I assume, right? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, L.A. is just winning every championship. They might as well win the freaking Super Bowl, right? Yeah, well, I don't see, I don't see either of those teams doing that. But, <laughs> hey, but you never know. Weirder things yeah. have happened in 2020. That's right. It's 2020. Who freaking knows? But then also Chase Claypool sell. That's the recap. That's the show. Uh, James, any last second thoughts from you? It was a great show. It was a great show. But um, just make sure that you don't start Chase Claypool. Don't. I don't <laughs> want. I don't want to be the. I, I'm. I don't want to give you the. I told you so. But wait, I actually do love saying that. So if he gets I know, his I love points it. next week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. We'll just have to see how he does the rest of the week. You know, we'll the rest of the year, and we'll see. Be a very we'll interesting watch. All the all all ten of these players are gonna be very interesting to see what what um what they do for the rest of the season and how accurate we were in our predictions. That's right. We should revisit this like week sixteen or week seventeen and just say, okay, how are we doing here? Or week thirteen. I'd, I'd love to see that. To... I'd, I'd love to see that. Let's do it. All right. So I guess uh, thanks for coming on to the show today, guys. Um, look forward to our recap in the future. Um, thank you to Dairy Sports for uh, sponsoring the podcast. And uh, as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace out.